We're so thankful to Crossway for sponsoring this season. They continue to produce excellent resources that help to build up the church. And we're excited to be sharing one of their titles with you each week. I want to tell you about the biggest story Bible storybook, written by Kevin DeYoung and illustrated by Don Clark. Breakfast in Our House are currently accompanied by devotions from here, and we are loving these well-written, often humorous, faithful stories. More of the Bible is covered than in other kids' Bibles. The illustrations are powerful, and DeYoung brilliantly points us to Jesus all the way through. I would highly recommend for kids and adults alike. I think anyone aged six and up will love it. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah. I live in the UK. This is my sister Felicity. She lives in the States. And today we're very excited to be getting stuck right into 1 Thessalonians or 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. But first of all, Felicity, we've got a wonderful question for one of our listeners saying, should we ever use a microwave in making a cup of tea? What do you think? I just love this question. And it's actually a question I have been asked a number of times over here. Really? Just going to say outright, the answer is no. And, and, and the reason for that is, I'm just not sure you can get the water hot enough in a microwave. And the, mm. the, 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 the thing is, over here, kettles are not your norm. So I How long see... do you think you'd have to use a microwave for to get it boiling? I think that is the crux of the problem, because how do you know? How do we know? I mean, mm. five minutes, but then you might be getting into explosive microwave kind of worlds. You know, the water disappears. <laughs> Who knows? Do you put a lid on top of the cup yeah. or not? Good oh, question. So many questions. Good question. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say it could be done, but I do think it won't bring good results. Okay. Let's so, leave it there then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on um, a more you know, less microwave, less kettle orientated question. Sarah, we talk a lot about grabbing a friend to come and read the Bible with us, especially if you're listening along, why not do that? But the question is, why would you ask someone to read the Bible with you? Mm. Because it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just so good to read it with someone else. And we get so much out of talking it out, don't we? And what you bring to the conversation I often haven't thought about and it really spurs me on into reading deeper I think um I just think it's the best thing you could do is to ask someone to read the bible with you and but I th- I say that having we've done this over years with a number of different people so I guess we kind of we've tasted and seen that it's good to do it mm. um but it can also be a daunting thing can't it because it's like you you're putting yourself out there to ask someone but like no regrets it's 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 a wonderful thing yeah no regrets because also the Bible is the word of God. And so something's going to happen. Yeah, you, that too. Yeah. Like <laughs> you that see, kind of like... what you bring to the conversation <laughs> is so much better. <laughs> Speaking of which, shall we read that word? We're going to read. I think it's really important to say as well. Um, we pray before we press record on these episodes. Um, so we are praying that God's word will be at work as we open it up. We pray beforehand and we just don't start the podcast praying. And um, we've made that conscious decision. We pray at the end, but we don't pray at the beginning, but we have prayed before the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah. Just want to clarify that for people because we are very aware that we absolutely need God's help to open this word and for that to be at work in our hearts. Um, So I'm going to read chapter one, verse one to ten. And we're reading from the NIV version. Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. 
We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Thank you, Sarah. As we're going through this season, we're going to be intertwining Bible handling tools throughout our conversation. And what we're really seeking to do is to help everyone to feel confident to get into the word for themselves. And this week, we want to be talking a little bit just about the context tool. Mm -hmm. And it's a really helpful one to do at the very start of a letter because it helps us get our bearings as we get into this this book of the Thessalonians. So so we need to know that it's Paul and his crew writing Mm -hmm. to this church in Thessalonica. And if you want to know more about that, you need to have a read of Acts 17, where we get the kind of the backstory to this. The the, the kind of long and short of it is actually it's that it's short. (laughs) Paul was with the Thessalonians for a really short time. We're thinking, according to what we can gather from the Bible, is that it was maybe about three weeks, which doesn't feel like a long time, does it? So as as we said last time, it was three or four weeks. It was kind of, yeah, he was there, and then he was suddenly not there. There were riots, and people were not happy. A number of people were, and they became believers, but a number of people, significant people in the town weren't, and they were forced to flee at night. And this is the first that the Thessalonians are presumably hearing from him since he scarpered, since he had to flee. Yeah, um, must be a huge moment isn't it? when you hear from the person who gave you those words of life. And I think what we see, even just from this passage, we get a bit of their surrounding context. And if you have a look at verse six, we have, they welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's a common theme throughout the letter. There is persecution and there are troubles. The, The Thessalonians have received the gospel, but it's definitely not easy living as a Christian in Thessalonica at that time. Absolutely. And I think that then just is a really helpful, having used that context tool to kind of place this in context, it really helps you to read the kind of tone of the letter, the tone of this first chapter as one of real assurance. Paul seems to be really assuring these believers that they are the real deal, that the gospel has been at work in them. Um, I think it's really striking how much God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is mentioned that it's they're not on their own in this mm. this is a big they're they're part of a big picture story here and he's wanting to place them in context of the big story isn't he yeah that's really helpful because I think as a Thessalonian a Thessalonian I don't know how you say Ooh, that but I don't know how <laughs> do you Thessalonian say that's it a Thessalonian Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right re- you might just be questioning and thinking have I really got this right because life feels pretty hard mm. I thought Jesus was life and this life following him does does is you're going against the flow aren't you as a Christian in their world and, and actually in our world as well. So so the assurance that Paul's giving to the Thessalonians, while we want to be careful not to draw two lines too quickly, actually hugely assuring to us as well as we see 
the way in which God is at work in us as well. Yeah. And so it's good just to to see the way God has been at work in them, isn't it? First of all, and he, the kind of the way that he chooses to assure them. So he says, first off, you know, we thank God for all of you. Um, you remember before our God um, various things about you, but you're loved by God, you're chosen, and the Holy Spirit has been at work in you. Um, and this is the evidence of how I can see it in terms of your joy, in terms of how you've responded to the gospel, and that the word has come with power. So I just think wow to hear those words when you're this tiny little kind of group of believers well we don't know how big it really was but you fledgling group of believers mm. wondering where was this what, what did they say to us again was this really real like about Jesus rising from the dead like are we just been making this up or has the story changed in our heads since yeah. you know since yeah. they've told it to us and actually no he's saying no the gospels come to you with power and deep conviction the holy spirit has absolutely been at work and I know that because you've you've received this with absolute joy and then spread the news what's become known everywhere that and that's that's a additional assurance isn't it so he says all these mm. kind of big things to them you're chosen you're loved and then he's like and look look at the evidence of that and mm. we see that as we see that i just love that verse three description your work produced by faith your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope like these are people of faith love and hope aren't they and mm. and as you go then go down um you see the way in which they receive the word as you were saying and they ring out with their faith to all the believers but or to even further afield and then you get i love this in verse um nine and ten they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait mm. for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus. And I think it's, it's almost a sort of bookend of evidence, isn't it? Like this love, faith, hope is mm -hmm. evident as well in that description at the end. So there's no doubt for the Thessalonians, they are the real deal, the real gospel deal. And that is just just pausing even on that last description of what has happened in their hearts and what happens as someone trusts in Christ. It is quite it's it's extraordinary, isn't it? Just actually reflecting on those. You've turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So dead, lifeless idols, you've turned from them, you've turned away towards the true and living God evidenced by Jesus being raised from the dead and who's going to rescue and come again. And it's just extraordinary that to just actually kind of comprehend the level of change in someone's heart, that that, that is only the Holy Spirit who can do mm. that work, isn't it? And it's the word of God that brings that conviction that this is true and worth turning from everything that you've known in the past and turning towards the true and living God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true isn't it? and I think you read that and you're like what why how could that be possible such a radical transformation and then it sends mm. you right back up to that verse five because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power with the mm. Holy Spirit as you were saying just it's like a sort of circular argument isn't it see the evidence be amazed and then oh no that is because God himself is at work through his word that I mean if we just take a step back from that that's a huge kind of understanding of what is going on as the gospel is proclaimed, isn't it? Yeah. And especially, right, especially that they were only there for three or four weeks again. Like just that kind of like, wow, how powerful as the gospel's proclaimed for people to be so thoroughly changed from the inside out mm. and for that to happen. And I think I so often feel like, oh, is this, you know, is the word of God powerful? Is it bearing any fruit? Like, you know, day in, day out, even with 
my children for example or just you know just in church life generally or whatever it is you kind of you can say also my own heart probably most of all lord is this word really bearing fruit in my own heart and actually just just a reminder yes yes it really does bear fruit yeah. <laughs> like it really is that powerful to change people and actually that same word is that's that has happened in my heart that has happened in our hearts mm. that that change has happened and what assurance we can gather from these words for our own hearts in that as well. And I think that's a really helpful thing to to do, like read this chapter without without kind of taking it as a, as a bit of a battering, like, oh, am I really like this? Actually look for the signs mm. that are evident here in your life, but also in the that your fellow believers around you. I, I'm looking around at my women's Bible study and I am hugely encouraged because I think I recognize Thessalonian qualities in the people that are around me. And that mm-hmm. is just hugely encouraging for me in that. I think another thing that's going on here is, and we're going to see more and more of this as we go through the letter, especially in the next chapter, is Paul didn't just proclaim the word, he actually lived out the word. And we see that verse six, you became imitators of us and of mm-hmm. the Lord for you. That's an assurance as well, that Paul, he clearly was sacrificial in his love for them with his gospel living. And in that he was like Jesus. And that then is actually the pattern of the Christian life. So as the Thessalonians are suffering, as they're living out this gospel life, don't worry. This is this is the pattern. This is what it is to live out the gospel. But the power of that, not just say it, but live it, that seems to have had a huge impact upon this little church. Yeah, we're going to see much more of that next week, aren't we? Which I'm excited for. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying about the yeah, just looking around where we are in our in our local context is just really helpful, isn't it? I've been really challenged. Like I know the kind of tone of this is is an encouragement, isn't it? But I've been really challenged actually um, in how Paul is praying. The way he just so casually says, we always thank God for all of you. And we continually mm-hmm. mention you around our prayers like, and how thankfulness is the kind of, um, is the shape of his prayers for them. And actually... How, how how do I start my prayers for all my church family and my women's Bible study group and my house group? Like what what's characterising my prayers most? Is it thankfulness because this change has has happened and I'm seeing the evidence of fruit of the Holy Spirit at work? Like yeah, I just I'm challenged mm. on that and it's it's been good to kind of dwell on that a little bit and think. Hang on a sec, I need I, I think I need to change the way I pray. Yeah, that's a really good challenge. I think what's um, struck me, I've just been dwelling on those verses 9 and 10, and this essentially a description of the Christian life, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that the, the radical nature of that. Like, this, In order to be following Jesus, you actually have to turn away from other things that you're maybe mm-hmm. tempted to put your hope in and then actually turn deliberately towards. I love that he says, the living and true God, like the assurance there, like, no, you've got the right God. This is it. He's the one. And then this idea of serving, like what it is to serve one another. So as a result of having turned, you will be wanting to serve one another and you will then wait with hope. Mm. And that, that is just a perspective shaper for me. I think it's really challenged me as I've been going through this last week. Like actually that is the reality of who I am. Like this describes me Mm. and am I, am I full of hope? Am I waiting well for Jesus? Am I am I kind of dabbling in those things I turned away or am I fully running in the Jesus direction? I think that's mm-hmm. been that's been quite a heart shift for me. And also, I mean, we haven't mentioned it, but right, you know, verse one, um, that's linking back to yeah, what you've just said is linking back to right at verse one, isn't it? Whether his first thing he says to them is grace and peace to you 
the only way, the only way that any of this is possible is through the grace of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. and the peace that the cross brings. Um, and actually the fact that we can be rescued from the coming wrath, the fact that that peacemaking death has happened, um, the fact that all of this is a gift and mark of grace. Um, that That's the tone of the letter. That's how it starts. And that's how he wants them to kind of carry on, isn't it? In that grace, mm. like living out that grace. And we'll kind of come on to see how he keeps, he keeps, you know, he, he prays and he um, longs for them to be striving forward, living out that grace. But that's the starting point. It's not what they've done. It's not how much they've achieved. It's, it's grace that's been given. Um, the Lord has powerfully been at work and what a beautiful, what a beautiful mm. fruit um, is seen. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing, so. and, that, and that's maybe coming back to the context tool. That's maybe a helpful sort of, if you just take a step back, a sort of bird's eye view, we have three prayers throughout the letter. Mm. And so we see that it is all by God's grace that any of this is happening and the, the power of God at work, which brings us back to that verse four and five, like that really is um, what's going on here, that God himself is doing it huge yeah. we should we should pray in response pray. yeah <laughs> are you happy to pray for us Sarah I'd love that our oh, father we just thank you so much that it is by grace and your peace given to us that we stand in this same in the same kind of way as the Thessalonians we praise you for your word we praise you for your holy spirit at work we praise you for the way that you have given us hearts of faith Father, we thank you for this wonderful description of the gospel. Lord, there's so much to praise you for. And we just thank you so much for the beginning of this letter. And um, we pray, would we live in light of your grace? Lord, would we take this assurance deep to our hearts? And would it encourage us to pray with thankfulness for those around us who are also trusting in you? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Isn't it so good to be back in the word together? What a joy. It's so good. I'm really enjoying it. And it's really nice. Um, we're actually both studying this with our women's groups at church, aren't we? But it's really nice to bring those kind of, you know, it's all overflowing together. And I'm really, yes. I'm really excited <laughs> for that. It's really nice. For those who are new listeners and might not know, we have a monthly newsletter that we send out at the beginning of each month that just keeps you in the loop with uh, things that we're enjoying in relation to One Thessalonians um, and other such things, maybe some tea and biscuit stuff as well. Um, If you'd like to sign up for that, the link is in our show notes. Until next time. Until next time. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Bye. We're so grateful as ever to Crossway for sponsoring this episode.